What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 416 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and casting the pods with me on this Thursday evening, uh, when we're recording this, is Mr. Jose Grijalva. Jose, welcome to the show, your show, of course. Oh, it's always my show, right? I'm glad to be here because I'm actually better. I think I told you a few days ago, I went through food poisoning. Sunday night, Monday, I felt like death, threw up, threw everything up like, you know, like not even like whole, not whole, but, you know, chewed up. I mean, it didn't even di- digest. So, I mean, I, I felt like I was just skinny and, you know, lost all these gains and all these liquids. I just lost two pounds, bro. So it was really disappointing at the same time because I thought I felt so weak, but uh, I don't know. I I just thought food was bay, but now I just realized that food can hurt you too. So I'm kind of let down. Yeah, when you texted me on Halloween... I had said, oh, I got food poisoning. I thought, oh, man, that's awful on Halloween. And then you followed it up with, I'm losing all of my gains. Well, I had to say it, oh, you know, sort of to liven up the moment. Because the first thing I thought was, what if Ryan thought I was trick-or-treating and got some candy that, you know, somebody planted or something? So I, I had to liven up the mood. Well, But I blame pizza. The one food I, I thought I could always count on, uh, but it, it just let me down. So did you end up doing anything for Halloween or no? Oh no! I just I stayed in uh, praying for death because I just felt horrible. It's <laughs> a very Halloween thing to do. Oh uh, man! Well, today we don't have that much going on. Um, Spurs are off. They've been off for a couple of days uh, after getting whipped up by the Utah Jazz. We've got uh, a couple of things on the docket, but the first thing I wanted to address was uh, a giveaway. We have another sponsor. Got another giveaway. We're going to be doing a giveaway at the end of the show. So stay tuned all the way through. Uh, Jose will will talk through a giveaway by Trinity University Press. It's actually a product that I, as soon as I started hearing the description of, it, I thought I, I got to get. I, I'm going to get this book and start giving it away. But um, myself, Christmas gifts can never can never start Christmas shopping too early, right? And this is the one for me. So we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on in the show. Big thing for you 
uh, Jose is Ray Allen, the Ray Allen story. So he find first off, it, aren't you already kind of retired when you don't show up for work for two years? Don't you already kind of assume that you're retired? Ray Allen officially retires. Well, I mean, he he didn't really not show up for work because he wasn't signed by anybody. So, I mean, it's not like he had work to go to. Uh, it's sort of like if you get laid off and you don't have a job for like a year and it's hard to find one. It's not like you're retired, right? So, uh, I, I mean, I always thought the Spurs were going to sign him. They were always interested in him every year. Uh, he was always, you know, the reports that we'd hear, the rumors that we'd hear online that he keeps in shape. You know, he's still shooting, going to the gym and so forth. Uh, I just think he made it official just because, you know, I mean, you look at the league now, it's just faster, it's just younger. I don't think he would have fit. I don't think he would have meshed. Really, the last year where he was really relevant was uh, 2013 when it was still a slower game. Mm-hmm. The Spurs yeah. made everybody pick it up with that beautiful game in 2014. He looked old. He looked really slow. You know, I mean, he didn't look, he didn't really look as slow as he did before the finals, uh, but in that finals, he just looked horrible. So, uh, I just think it was way overdue. I think Ron, did you hear what Rondo said? He had some comment, like, I thought he was already retired. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I, you know, I, I think he, he probably did it just because everybody else was retiring. If Duncan still had another year, I think he would have, you know, tried to make a comeback or something, but he didn't want to be that old guy holding out on retirement. Do you remember when Derek Jeter started the Players Tribune? And people were thinking, oh, okay, this is bogus. What's a guy getting into this? Who would actually do that? Who would actually – why would players of any sport get onto the Players' Tribune to make these big announcements or write articles themselves? It was kind of brushed off by everybody. The Players' Tribune, though, is breaking a lot of these kind of announcements and having and providing some real good insight into the thought process of – uh, uh, either active players or those that are retired, or you know, just those with opinions. Did you were you one of those guys that thought the Players Tribune was going to be anything? I, I frankly thought it was it was just going to be nothing, flash in the pan, stupid investment. But it's really becoming a meaningful part of the conversation. Uh, I just didn't really care. But the fact <laughs> that these guys are now investing their time, and and I kind of understand why because. I mean, it, it's it's better to do it your way. It's better to say it in your own words. I mean, if you tell somebody, give somebody an interview. I mean, they're gonna give you know they're gonna give you they're gonna write your quote down, but then they're gonna put really their opinion on it. There may be a spin or something like that. This way, I mean, I, I didn't think it was gonna stick, like you said. But I mean, these guys feel more comfortable saying it in their own words, writing it out to their fans. So uh, I think it's pretty cool the fact that they can, you know, really any player can do that. Uh, I wish it was, you know, uh, they invested in it back back in the day, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Maybe we would have had a Robert Ory farewell, a Rosho Nesterovich farewell, uh, where he can go with his, what is it, his uh, sister and their kids or something, right? Right. Uh, per Wikipedia page. Uh, so, you know, it's something like that. But I would really hope that – I wish that like the like Matt Bonner would have written something on there, you know, because that, that would drive up the traffic. I, that, I mean, he's not signed by anybody, right? And I don't think he's retired. So, I mean, where the heck is he? We need him on the Players' Tribune. I, I agree. He needs to have his, his, own, uh, his own featured space. He can come on this podcast at any time. I know he's a big listener. And, uh, and, and he can have nothing else to, to do. Stay under. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. But this kind of got me thinking. And, and when we were going through the, the, uh, the show notes – just before we started uh, started the podcast, I, I didn't bring this up, but I feel like we should now. Ray Allen retiring, I had totally forgotten about Ray Allen, but Ray Allen's a Hall of Famer, right? Oh, of course. I think. I mean, after that 2000, uh, 2013 final shot, 
Uh, of course. Well, then I started thinking. I, I agree with you. Not arguing. Then I started thinking about current NBA players that are shoe ins for the Hall of Fame, and try, started trying to list them off, and seeing, of course, if any of those were uh, were Spurs players. So um, I'm sure that you have a couple in the mind, but I want to highlight a few and, and, and see if you agree with my list. I think the list goes like this: active NBA players, uh, Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer, yeah, Steph Curry, of course. Uh, you can't yeah. I mean, MVP, right? You can't, you almost want to say if you're the MVP, you're in, right? But then there's one I want to talk to you about. I think uh, Tony Parker, Manu. Um, yeah, and and really because and we got to point this out for the basketball Hall of Fame, the international, you know, all that counts. So I mean, if he goes in the Hall of Fame, it's not just NBA. Yeah, um, yeah, agree, agree. Um, we've got uh, so what we say Tony, Manu, LeBron, of course, Dirk, of course. And then I want to start getting to the to the bubbles here. Does Kevin Durant is he a Hall of Famer? Shoe in right now? Oh, not a, I don't I don't think a shoe in. I I, so you know the thing that makes him really good is the fact that he's a power forward playing small forward, and he's a really good shooter, so he can get blocked. That that's basically it. And the fact that he's really tall gives him the advantage to drive around guys. So, I mean, if you play tall against him, he could just easily put the ball down and just go around you. If you play if you play the drive, then there's no way you're going to block his shot and he could really shoot. So, you know, even if he wins a ring and he has an MVP, I... But he doesn't have a title. I, he doesn't have... You know, the, the thing about this is, I, I always tell guys and I always tell the kids, you know, if you want to be a really good player, you have to have an it. You have to be an it player uh, to be a really great player. Like LeBron's an it player because he's so you know he 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 can score, he can defend. I mean that's really his it. You know, same thing with Duncan. Shaq's dominant dominance was his it. I, I don't see what Durant does. I mean, is he a good shooter? Uh, sure. I don't think he's a great shooter. But other than that, what 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 can he do? I think he needs to win multiple titles with at least one finals MVP to really cement his legacy as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I started trying to think about what would my criteria be. Certainly having a ring, I thought, having a ring has to be one of them. But then you look at, okay, well, there's Malone, and there's Barkley, and there's all these other guys, right, that were excellent players, no titles, and they're in. So I, I have a big question mark next to Kevin Durant, but I agree with you, because he doesn't, he does a lot of things well. But he doesn't do one thing exceptionally well. Maybe, maybe scoring the, the, the basketball, but um, I, I don't know. He was a challenging one for me, and I think he is one that'll have to have a, a title. You say multiple titles. I think he'll have to have a title uh, to get in, into the Hall of Fame. Well, especially now, because now he. I mean, that's why I think. Uh, I well, the reason I said that he needs a Finals MVP is because he went to a stacked team to not be the first option. So he really needs to dominate that. Sort of like LeBron in Miami, remember? LeBron sort of said, you know, I'm just going to try to win a title here around Wade. This is his team. This is his city. Bosch was saying the same thing. And then LeBron said, well, screw it. Now I, I have to be the guy to make this team really good. I think that has to be the the, the scenario for Durant if he stays over there. If he would have stayed in o- Oklahoma City, yeah. put up those numbers, you know, and Westbrook didn't have uh, rings either, I think they both would have gone in the Hall of Fame sort of like Malone. But now he changed his scenery. Now he sort of said, you know, I'm. I don't want to be the first or second option, uh, even though he is the second option. Remember, uh, he he sort of said he didn't want to be the guy. So, I mean, that sort of for me lowers 
the you know the chances for me to look at him as a Hall of Famer because he went to it's not like he went to a super team to be the first option. He went to the super team to be the third, fourth option. Right. So uh, I I think that's going to hurt him in the long run. You know, one guy I forgot as the shoe in uh, that, that I don't know why I left him off the list, but because he's written right here, I just didn't say it, it was Dwayne Wade. So I want to make sure to check that one, right? You agree with that, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, the other guy that I have on uh, a bubble, kind of similar there to KD, lots of uh, lots of statistics, no titles, is Carmelo. Well, I think he... Yeah, I think his Olympic accomplishments have put him in there, right? I think he's like the leading scorer on Team USA. Right. How many medals he's won? Uh, I'm sure he has some, you know, top ten in NBA records, you know, and uh-huh. maybe shooting or threes or something like that. So I think the accomplishments uh, with the uh, Olympic team helps him out on that. I, if he didn't have that, then I would probably say no. I'd say yeah but, as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This is the guy I was thinking about um, where I said, okay, if you're an MVP of the league, you're in, right? Um, but what about Derrick Rose? He's an MVP of the league, but he's he can't be in, right? I, I think it would all de- – well, I think now it really depends on his longevity. Uh, and uh, did I say that right? It didn't sound right. Uh, and, uh, you know, his progress, you know, uh, how much he scores and all that. Because, I mean, you have to have a consistency in that you – uh, you know, the, the whole MVP and the whole rings thing, it, it sort of waters down the debate. You know, I, I remember, and I'm sure you've had conversations with people, you know, like, who, who has the rings? You know, uh, he's a better player because he has the rings. Well, yeah, Robert Ory has seven rings, right? You're, you know, Michael Jordan has six rings. You're not going to say Robert Ory's better than Michael Jordan. Matt Bonner has two rings. You're not going to say Matt Bonner is better than Karl Malone so I, or Charles Barkley. So, I mean, well, th- there's really a balance to the conversation. You don't know exactly what I would say, right? I, I might uh, say that. Drunk Ryan during a podcast, I, I think all bets are off about what you say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think the rings helps help, helps the conversation. I don't think it's the, uh, you know, end all for it. So... I agree with you. And the last guy, I mean, I have James Harden on this list with a big question mark because, you know, he'll have some scoring titles and he'll, you know, but I don't know if there's any rings. And even if there are rings, I I don't know about James Harden, but I have him on the list. So I've got, I don't know, what are this, probably 13 or, or so folks that we've listed out. That's There's really not that many um, shoe-ins. I feel like prior in prior seasons, generations, you, you could have way more than that that you'd say, yeah, these guys are front runners when it's their time, they'll, they'll be in the, in, in the Hall of Fame. The one, uh, there's one other guy that uh, I'm going to use this as a segue that I want to talk about who I think is on the list, not really even as a bubble, but I think he's a shoe-in that we, that we didn't talk about yet. Uh, and that's Pau Gasol, two-time NBA champion, six-time All-Star, been on you know NBA second teams, third teams, the rookie of the year, and then all that stuff in uh, Euro leagues and Spanish leagues. He won championships over there. Um, that guy's in the Hall of Fame. Has to be right. Yeah, and I see him sort of like a Ginobili, mm-hmm. where the uh, international accomplishments helps him. You know, he's not really the first option. In Memphis, he was a really sort of a decent first option. He always took him to the playoffs, right? Uh, especially with Hubie during those during those years. But they really couldn't get over the hump of the uh, what was the first round uh, woes, first round uh, exits. But you know, as a second option, he he's really good. You know, you saw that in LA. He didn't want to be the third option, but he didn't want to be the first option. You know, he was a solid second option. I see Manu as that type of guy. 
you know, you can't really have him as the star of your team, but he's really a darn good player that does all these different things. That's pow. So, I mean, his accomplishments, what he brings to the court, uh, rings uh, that, that he helped Kobe win. Because remember, I mean, Kobe had Lamar, right? And he had Andrew Bynum. And, you know, they had trouble getting over the hump. Uh, you know, uh, remember uh, after they traded Shaq, it was Kobe and Lamar Odom. And they were supposed to be like Jordan and Pippen, but they couldn't get past the Suns. And, you know, they had those problems. So they had to trade for Gasol. And what did Gasol do? He put them, you know, he, he helped them get to the finals. And then the next, uh, uh, what was it, two years, they, they uh, repeated up for a championship. So uh, absolutely, you know, he would put a team over the, over the top for a championship, especially in his prime. So... Pau Gasol now with San Antonio, you mentioned, you know, he doesn't want to be the first option. Uh, Is he the second option offensively for this team? Is he the third option offensively for this team? I I would probably say third. So is he going to want, you know, behind obviously Kawhi, LaMarcus Aldridge, is is Pau the third uh, option and is he happy with that? I don't really think there's a... I mean, I, I think we can agree that Kawhi is the first option, right? I, I don't think there's going to be any disagreements on that. Uh, yeah, 30, I, 30, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, uh, you know, against uh, Utah the other night. Well, I, I, I'm not really sure what you'd say, as you said earlier. Uh, I think, it, you know, in, with San Antonio, I think it depends on the matchups. It depends who's on them, who's on the court with Powell. Uh, Powell has some chemistry with uh, Tony Parker and a pick-and-pop. Powell, you know, if Powell has a matchup against a smaller, weaker guy, you can post him up. If Lamar, LaMarcus has that guy, then, I mean, he, he's going to be the second option. I think other than Kawhi, everybody else is really looking at the matchup. So uh, I don't think he's the second option with San Antonio, but at the same time, I don't think he's the third or fourth. I just think it depends on the matchup. You know, defensively, that was – I remember you and I both having this conversation over the summer that when Powell signed, at, you know, after Tim retired, we thought – Okay, so Powell is going to be uh, uh, not a defensive liability, but he's nowhere. He's not even going to be close to uh, to Tim Duncan on, on the defensive end. The Spurs are still ranked fifth in defensive rating in the NBA, ninety five point two. Have they really dropped off uh, defensively with Powell? What do you think? You know, well. This is what I was sort of wanted to mention in the later topic because we we're going we to talk about Tony Parker. But I don't think it's so much uh, Pau Gasol. I think you're missing, uh, you know, the second part of the you know top defensive duo in the NBA, as I'm called them, and Danny Green. You know, uh, the Spurs really, you, you know, Danny Green, he's not the best offensive player. I think he's a really good shooter. He's not a really good offensive player because he can't create his own shot. So I mean, he's a really good shooter. Uh, average offensively and a great defender so you know he's a balanced player I guess you could say with him out now you got to pick you know does Kawhi go to the two and who do you put at the three uh Kyle Anderson is a slower guy Uh, Jonathan Simmons isn't you know he's more he's more of that offensive guy who can create his own shot uh he's not really there defensively or as um uh as disciplined as Danny Green so I, I really think it's the fact that Danny Green isn't there that's the reason why the Spurs are where they are defensively. When you see him come back and he's 100% or at least 90%, I think it's going to be a lot easier because all these guys aren't going to be moving around. The rotations are going to be crisper. Uh, the man-on-man defense is going to be better, especially the perimeter defense. So I, I think it's more about missing your starting shooting guard more than the new guy. Uh, because uh, this is what I was going to check with um, – uh, 
I mean, uh, last game against the, the Jazz, Powell had three blocks. So, I mean, he's getting in the plane. He's rotating. He's had a few good blocks, I, I think, even with Miami. Uh, so he's, he's rotating. It's just the fact that, you know, the Spurs were so used to this, uh, the, these four guys playing together. Uh, that now putting in this the a new guy like a to, to really try to build up chemistry. I mean that's hurting them. But the fact that where they are right now without Danny Green is pretty impressive to me. So um, let's stay on on power real quick though. How is he getting more rebounds per game than Lamarcus? Why do you hate Pow? I mean you're just picking on the guy because he's a better rebounder, bro. Uh, no. Uh, I, I think it's just positioning, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, defensively, LaMarcus is, you know, getting guarded by the best, you know, defensive player. So, uh, and, or I mean, offensively for, for the offensive rebounds, because he's gotten some offensive rebounds. He had that put back against the Jazz. Uh, defensively, I just think, you know, I think it's pick your poison. You know, do you, do you want LaMarcus? Do you want Powell? You know, sometimes you might be forgetting about Powell. He's 36 years old. You know, he's an older guy. So maybe you want to go and box out, you know, or put more attention on LaMarcus. So I, I just think it's, you know, pick your poison. I I, I don't think he's a better rebounder uh, per se than, than LaMarcus. I just think he's in a better situation to rebound. What about, uh, I'm sorry, this is so much Q&A. It's like a, it's like a real interview. Uh, we might be getting professional at this. What about um, Patty Mills has you excited this year? Particularly uh, scoring. The fact I, that he's swole, right? Know, yeah, I mean, he got huge. But do you all, do you know that he's he is the third highest scorer on this team, 12.2 points a game? Uh, no, I, I didn't know that. But, I mean, it's not surprising with those threes that he's hitting. Mm-hmm. So, I again, and especially with that bench unit, uh, it's, uh, you know, Jonathan Simmons is coming, you know, into play yeah, last time he started. So really that bench looked a little bit weak, but when that juice unit, Patty Simmons, Ginobili, uh, David Lee, just, I mean, full of energy, um, Deadman. I mean, I mean, I, I think that's why he scores his points because these guys are so wired, so jacked up. I mean, they, they're so uh, energetic that Patty's already energetic. So, uh, I mean, it just gets him moving around. He moves around without the ball. He tries to get that open shot. Now he's a better uh, disciplined uh, full-court full presser. I mean, if you used to see him last year, he used to just run up uh, to the guy, and then he would get you know get dribbled around him. Then he'd try to recover. Now he's just staying in front of the guy. Now he's saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to try to get the steal. I'm going to try to see how many times you can dribble in this possession uh, until you give it up. And really, that, I mean, that's a pest. So, you know, I just think it's all that energy into that one unit that's really causing Patty Mills to be in the perfect situation there. Uh, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. And you've been pretty consistent on that. As soon as he gets into that second unit and he really takes over, uh, I, I mean, he's a real special player. I, if you moved him into that starting unit, do you think you get that same kind of productivity? Uh, I mean, there's been whispers on Twitter, right, between uh, right. Uh, Spurs fans on that uh, with uh, Tony Parker's woes. You know, I think it depends on who you're going to have as a shooting guard. If you're going to have Danny Green, then that's going to be a lot of pressure on Kawhi because, again, Patty Mills is not – 
you know, a point guard. He's basically uh, a point uh, shooting point, whatever you want to call it. Uh, unless you're going to put Ginobili on there to have ball handlers and help him out, especially if Kawhi gets pressured, then I think that makes sense. But as a starting unit with with the, these guys, I don't think it's anything that he that the Spurs need in general right now. Unless you're really going to focus as with uh, Kawhi as your first option. And then the other two bigs as your two and three options. That's really the only way where he's not going to have the ball in his hands the whole time or the majority of the possession. With, um, I want to switch over to Kawhi because we keep we keep saying his name and bringing him up, bringing him up. Um, this year he's clearly stepped up his uh, his scoring. You know, two years ago he was scoring sixteen point five points a game. It jumped to twenty one point two points per game last year. And so far this year, he's leading the team with 28.4 points per game uh, of nine makes. His field goal percentage, he's over 50% uh, shooting from the field. His three-point percentage is almost at 41%. The guy is a, is clearly the first option and just dominating uh, offensively for this team. Is Kawhi, is, has Kawhi Leonard, is, is there a, a a corner for him to turn to, can he get even better because defensively he's amazing can he what part of his game can improve this year well i don't think i've seen him post up yet or at least you know uh, a few possessions he did that last season right i you know he had, he had a few uh times if he would post up and then shoot a little fadeaway shot i mean if he can get that down then how can you guard him if he can shoot? Especially, I, I mean, I don't, this is the thing that baffles me because I was on that rumor train. Not, I didn't start the rumor, but I believed it where he worked out with Kobe because now, I mean, this year the guy has swagger. The way he dribbles. I mean, he has that, you know, that, uh, that cerebral assassin type mentality where he, you know, I'm going to score. It doesn't matter what you're going to do. Last year, I mean, he couldn't even dribble the ball. So unless Tim Duncan was that intimidating, unless he felt, you know, he was uh, in Tim Dan- uh, Tim Duncan. He's making me forget Duncan. You know, that, that's how good right. he is. Uh, unless he felt he was in Tim Duncan's shadow and that really hampered his play. I, 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 I mean, this is just amazing. So uh, if he can post up, uh, especially, you know, uh, to, to give, you know, certain matchups, you know, with teams' problems, uh, I, I think he would just be unstoppable. He would be literally the best player, most unstoppable player in the world. He would have to be MVP. No way you can guard that. So you brought up Tony Parker a little bit earlier. Let's let's talk Tony Parker. Right knee injury. I, I don't know how long he's out. Uh, he might just be out of game or so. But how, what's going on with Tony Parker? Uh, I, I keep telling people he looks like he has stone feet. Yeah. You know, defensively he can move, but he's just—I mean, when he tries to get going offensively, it looks like he's—it's either slow motion or you know he has a weighted vest on him that he can't move as well. Uh, he, he has a right knee soreness, right? That's why he's not going to play against the Jazz tonight. Uh, you know, the, we're recording Thursday, but tonight's the game when it's going to be released. Uh, I, I just don't know what's going on with him. I at the same time, you know, his productivity. It might be, again, that Danny Green is not in the lineup. When you put Kyle Anderson in there and you put Jonathan Simmons in there, that gives an extra defender on on Tony Parker, on LaMarcus Aldridge, on Pau Gasol, and on Kawhi Leonard. Because really, Anderson's not really known as a shooter. I mean, he'll make those shots every now and then, but he's not a shooter. Jonathan Simmons is a scorer. He's a driver. You know, he drives in the lane. He's not really a shooter, even though he, he's been making a few shots. So I, Danny Green keeps the defense honest. Tony Parker really can't, 
you know, use his speed like like he used to. So, I, I mean, that, I think that's why you're seeing these pick and pops with Parker and not really pick and rolls uh, because of that extra defender. So, uh, I think he's he's lost a step, but not that big of a step. Again, once Green comes in, keeps the defense honest, it's going to be a whole different starting unit. Well, you know, speaking about staying on the point guard position, do you, do you ever understand or get – information on why DeJounte Murray would, went down to the Austin Spurs. Of course, even their season, the D-League hasn't even started yet, but what's, uh, uh, why, why did he go down to the D-League and, and just get recalled yesterday or today? Uh, well, yeah, he, calls, he got recalled today. I think it might have been the Parker thing. Uh, again, it might be, you know, they say soreness. I mean, remember last year it was Tim Duncan knee soreness the whole time. And then what did we hear that Duncan was hurt? You know, his knee was bothering him. So, I mean, the Spurs like to keep a low profile on that. So maybe Tony Parker's hurt, you know, who knows, especially playing, you know, during the summer, he's not a young guy anymore. So maybe the miles are catching up to him. Uh, I like this DeJounte Murray back, uh, bringing him back, maybe giving him some minutes. Uh, oh man, I don't want to botch his name especially when bill shoning gave us the pronunciations on twitter i think but uh the rg point guard you know he might be getting minutes i i think murray needs to get minutes i would have loved for him yeah. to get minutes against the jazz maybe he gets minutes tonight because george hill george i mean hill, he's yeah. he, he's a veteran but he's not a guy who can pick on a younger guy with his experience you know he's just gonna pick on him because of what he can do so i mean that that's really a perfect matchup for murray uh, I hope he gets minutes. I think he needs to be around Kawhi because of his long arms. I mean, I think he can play that Kawhi-like defense. Uh, he sort of plays like that Patty defense from last year. If you look, if you look at him, he doesn't really use his arms. He really tries to use his speed and then try to recover with his arms. So uh, I think he needs to be just like this pesky Bruce Bowen, Kawhi Leonard type of type of player. So uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. I think it's I, I think it's really telling of Tony Parker though. If Parker doesn't play for the, this game, the next two games, then it's something to think about maybe long term and with this depth that they have at the point guard position I, you can rest Parker for a few for a few games it's not really going to hurt the team yeah I, I would agree with you I, I I like the idea of him going back and forth um because he'll he'll you know he'll obviously stay in condition he'll be playing basketball way better than just riding the bench I, I'm a little bit disappointed that you know we're five games into the season Murray's only been in two of them you know, he's only gotten two rebounds <laughs> and, you know, and an assist. No points, nothing. It's just unproductive uh, when he's been in there um, in, in very limited action. But, but you don't get better unless you get on the court and compete and you're around winners and you're around that mentality. You know, Austin's, uh, you know, the D-League is not a, a place where I think you can pick up those, uh, you know, those kind of characteristics. You've got to be around Kawhi Leonard. You've got to be around Tony Parker. You know, you've got to be around those kind of guys and that culture uh, in the NBA to for him to really mature to the point where he, you know, where we hope that he will be. Uh, I think they are so deep at the point guard position. Um, you know, it goes back to you know this kind of fundamental question that we started the year with: Do we think that this team is going to look the same at the end of the year as it as it did starting it? Do you think that any of the point guards move from San Antonio by the end of the year? No, but you know, uh, like we mentioned, Green's out. Parker's going to be out. This is going to. This might be the perfect situation if you wanted to go. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Mills is going to start. Uh, you know, uh, I, man, I don't want to botch his name, La Provatola. Yeah. I think that's how you say it. I, right? I've been staying away from it. <laughs> Just uh, you know, if he backs up, you know, maybe Petty Mills. You're you're going to need a shooting guard. 
maybe that's where DeJounte Murray comes in and you could play him at the two, go small. Because one, one of the problems that the Spurs had, I really think, was they didn't go, and this is going to sound weird, they didn't go big in the backcourt, you know, you know, uh, play, you know, uh, maybe a Ginobili and another shooting guard in the backcourt, and they didn't go small in the frontcourt. You know, because again, those bigs are stretching out the floor, and and again, those, those smaller guys were, or, or that those backcourts were quicker. You know, George Hill was getting everything uh, because he could move around quickly. So, I, I mean, Dejounte Murray helps out. I, I think this game could be an experimental game because I'm, you know, they have a pretty good record. They're going to be building up that chemistry. They I, at this point, with especially how weak the weak the West looks, uh, you can experiment all you want. Yeah. No. Agree. Agree. Uh, okay, well, it was a quick pod, but before we leave, let's talk about this giveaway from Trinity University Press. You've got all the material on it. Lead us through. What do we have for the listener? Well, I mean, since we're giving away stuff with them, I think they're our friends now, right? I mean, we just became best friends with the uh, Trinity Printing. Uh, what was their name? Trinity University Press. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I just need Sounds time like to really remember my best years. friend's name. Uh, yeah, they're, we're giving away the Spurs Nation book uh it's called spurs nation major moments in san antonio basketball it's by the staff of the san antonio express news it's basically all the articles uh during you know the spurs seasons you know the the ones that uh you know really cause big headlines you know major events that i mean that could take you back in time if you're really a uh lifelong spurs fan or if you're a front runner if you're a bandwagoner and you have a bunch of friends who think they know everything you can get this book and i mean show them up and drive them crazy because a bandwagoner knows more than them but our read you the description from the memorial day miracle to coach greg popovich's legendary leadership to winning five nba championships the san antonio spurs have brought excitement to the alamo city and the greater nba family since 1976 celebrating the team with the most rabid and loyal fan base (laughs) keyword rabid right just kidding (laughs) a loyal fan base in basketball history spurs nation captures the Spurs' unforgettable plays and crucial junctures from the past 30 years. Spurs Nation is the collectible book filled with silver and black moments for Spurs fans everywhere. This full-color photography, hardcover edition, encompasses, encompasses, sorry, whatever. Favorite passing oh current God. players. Encompasses, man. Encompasses. Bro, listen. I live, across, I, I live right next to the border. So, yeah. I mean, that stuff rubs off, rubs off on me quick, okay? <laughs> chill, chill. Trump, remember. From George Gervin to Tim Duncan, seen through the eyes and words of the San Antonio Express News, sports photographers and writers who have covered the team's monumental rise. So, I mean, you're not only getting the articles, you're getting the pictures, yeah. stuff that you probably never saw before. Uh, if it makes you, if you, if that doesn't make you want it, it's 30 bucks. So it's not like it's just any other book. I mean, it's one of those books that you can say like, wow, you know, th- this is pretty cool and it's, you know. I think uh, it's awesome. I, I'm, I'm and, picturing right now, you know, that, that image, the, the David Robinson, Tim Duncan hug, uh, you know, that's, that's that iconic image. I, I'm thinking through this. I haven't, I haven't seen the book. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, this is absolutely something that every Spurs fan should, if you're a real Spurs fan, you absolutely should have that book. And, and, and going back through and reading all those articles is like uh, snapshots in time. Uh, you know, of this team as they've as they've risen to you know the the, the level that they're at today, uh, where people look at them as as the model franchise in all sports. It their whole story is told right there in that book. I think that's that's amazing. That's a, that ha- is a absolute must have. And you're saying that we we are giving this away now. Yeah, 
because we love our listeners, and plus, you know, if we could buy their love, then even better. So uh, many, and Tim Duncan's on the cover. So uh, if you don't want this book, then that just means you hate Tim Duncan. Uh, how about that? <laughs> so, so uh, how do we give this this away? Should we do? Uh, we should do a contest or something, and, and see if somebody uh, somebody wins the contest, they get the book. How about that? You want to do? Yeah. Let's do. Um, yeah, because we don't have any friends on here. Because all the people that message us message us these hateful things, and we're just not gonna. Just we don't care about those people. Well, we want do. the hardcore Jose loving Ryan. I mean, the the ones that you Ryan know lift tolerated. up their shirts with you know Ryan's face painted on their chest and belly. You know those those people. We want those. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, did you want to explain the rules? Or? Yeah, so we'll do uh, we'll do a back-to-back, there, or there is a back-to-back uh, Friday. We're recording this on Thursday night, so by the time this goes up, it'll be Friday. So, Friday, November 4th, Spurs are playing in Salt Lake City. They're taking on the Jazz again, uh, and then they come home to San Antonio on the 5th to play L.A., so they do a back-to-back. What we want is, on Twitter, uh, you need to, uh, you need to, obviously, what is it? Is it, uh... Tag. <laughs> I, I feel like an old man. Tag us on, on Twitter, right? No, the, the, the handle, the SpursCast handle. handle. At the SpursCast is the uh, the SpursCast official Twitter page. That sounds pretty corny, huh? The it, official it Twitter. There's but no the official handle. It's, it's like the worst uh, thing to say, social media. That Nothing makes you sound older than that. Uh, or possibly not understanding how a handle on Twitter works is the other thing. Or just uh, say Twitter us instead yeah, of tweet us. Tweet, you should Twitter me. Twitter me. Twitter me. That's what she me. said. Hey, I got. Um, but but what we can do is, in that back to back, the person who gets the cumulative number of points in the back to back that the Spurs score will give them the book. The first person to send us that. So if you tweet us now, um, the total number of points that San Antonio will score in the two games, right? Yeah, and, and then and whoever's closer because we, we want to give out the book. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you go over, if you go under, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, whoever's closer will get the book. Uh, if there's a you know a double guess and they're both right, we'll go with the earliest answer to give out that uh, to, to award the prize. And and can I try to win? <sighs> but we don't like you. I mean, so. Uh, yeah. But remember, it's at the Spurs cast. The original Spurs podcast powered by Project Spurs. That's it. Okay, so if that, uh, I think that's pretty clear. So let's do it, guys. Let's uh, uh, make sure that you that you tweet us. Give us the total number of points that San Antonio will score against Utah on Friday night, uh, and the Clippers game on Saturday night. Give us the total number of points. You get it right. Jose is going to get you that book. Uh, and Jose, I think that's it. Anything else for this podcast? Give us a prediction. How much do you think they're going to score total in those two games? How Let's many, see how far off you are. How many do I think that they will? Yeah. I think that they'll go 168. So you think they're going to score 80? No, it has, no it's total, Ryan. So, yeah, right. so it's 168. Yeah, so it's 80? You think they're going to score 80 both games? Well, yeah, 84 and 84. I think it's going to blend. I think they're going to have a tougher time against Utah than they will against L.A. Can't I just have my own prediction? Can't I just tell you what I think that they're going to do and you just go with that? I think 168. Uh, 84. uh, 84. I'd accept it if it wasn't a stupid answer. Okay. Here. (laughs) I'm going to say – I'm going to say 220. They're going to score like 110 both games around there. So 220. 
Okay. All right. So remember, so remember, people, the total number of points the Spurs are going to score in those two games, and we'll, we'll see if you get the book or not. We'll see who gets it right. All right. Well, thank you, Jose. Uh, everybody, that was the episode, what is it, episode 416? Episode 416 of the Spurs cast, the one and only original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RyanMC underscore PS or follow Jose at JRG1023. Make sure that you're following at the SpursCast and at ProjectSpurs. Uh, and make sure you head over to ProjectSpurs.com. Uh, Jose, thanks a lot. All you listeners, you are welcome. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.